New York seemed older than the cities of Europe, a sadistic gift of the 16th century, ever on the verge of plague. The cab driver was young, however, a freckled kid with a moderate orange afro. I told him to take the tunnel. Is there a tunnel? he said. The night before, at the Astrodome, the group had appeared without me. Azarian's stature was vast, but nothing on that first night could have broken the crowd's bleak mood. They turned against the structure itself, smashing whatever was smashable, trying to rip up the artificial turf, attacking the very plumbing. The gates were opened and the police entered, blank-looking, hiding the feast in their minds behind metered eyes. They made their patented charges, cracking arms and legs in an effort to protect the concept of regulated temperature. In one of the worst public statements of the year by anyone, my manager, Globke, referred to the police operation as an example of mini-genocide. The tunnel goes under the river. It's a nice tunnel with white tile walls and men in glass cages counting the cars going by. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. I was interested in endings, in how to survive a dead idea. What came next for the wounded of Houston might very well depend on what I was able to learn beyond certain personal limits in Endland, far from the tropics of fame. 2. I went to the room in Great Jones Street, a small, crooked room, cold as a penny, looking out on warehouses, trucks, and rubble. There was snow on the window ledge, some rags and an unloved ruffled shirt of mine had been stuffed into places where the window frame was warped and cold air entered. The refrigerator was unplugged, full of record albums, tapes, and old magazines. I went to the sink and turned both taps all the way, drawing an intermittent trickle. Least is best. I tried the radio, picking up AM only at the top of the dial, FM not at all. Later I shaved, cutting myself badly. It was strange watching the long fold of blood appear at my throat, collecting along the length of the gash, then starting to flow in an uneven pattern. Not a bad color. Room could do with a coat. I stuck toilet paper against the cut and tried with no luck to sleep a while. Then I put Opal's coat over my shoulders and went out for food. It was dark in the street, snowing again, and a man in a long coat stood in the alley between Lafayette and Broadway. I walked around a stack of shipping containers. The industrial loft buildings along Great Jones seemed misproportioned, broad structures half as tall as they should have been, as if deprived of light by the great skyscraper ranges to the north and south. I found a grocery store about three blocks away. One of the customers nudged the woman next to him and nodded in my direction. A familiar dumb hush fell over the store. I picked up the owner's small brown cat and let it curl against my chest. The man who'd spotted me drew gradually closer, pretending to read labels along the way, finally sidling in next to me at the counter, the living effigy of a cost accountant or tax lawyer, radiating his special grotesquerie, that of sane men leading normal lives. I got back to find Globke with his arm down the toilet bowl. I dropped a dime, he said. The floor's not very clean. You'll ruin your new pants. What is that, vinyl? Polyvinyl. And the shirt, I said. What about the shirt? He struggled up from the floor, then held his stomach in and adjusted his clothes. 
He followed me into the main room, not exactly a living room since it included a bathtub and refrigerator. Globke himself occupied a duplex apartment in a condominium building situated on the heights just across the Hudson River. His apartment was a model abode of contour furniture and super graphics, an apparent challenge to the cultured indolence of Riverside Drive. His second wife was young and vaporous, a student of Eastern religions, and his daughter, by his first marriage, played the cello. There's a story behind this shirt, he said. This shirt is part of an embroidered altar cloth, fully consecrated, made by blind nuns in the foothills of the Himalayas. What's that color? I've never seen a shirt exactly that color. Llama vomit, he said. That's what they told me when I bought it. There's a rumor you're dead, Bucky. Do you believe it? I came here for the express purpose of letting you know, all kidding aside, that no matter what your intent